What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Spinny Sports Talk Podcast that we're finally getting to. It's taken me a bit to finally sit down and get these things pumped out here, but we're pumping things out now. we got a schedule on us on our side that we like and we're going to follow and hopefully get some content out very quickly um, in the near future and at a more consistent rate that I have not been able to do, which I apologize for. But we're back. Phillies baseball's upon us. The trade deadline is upon us. It should be a fun one. The Phillies, on uh, on the 2nd of August, on last Tuesday, had a pretty, you know, good trade deadline overall. They had a pretty good trade deadline. A lot of people were skeptical of the, of the Phillies not making moves earlier. They were, you saw lots of trades go through the day before or even two days before. The Phillies were dead silent. But finally, the 2nd comes around with about three or four hours to spare, and some moves have been pumped out. And I think the Phillies fans should not be disappointed in these moves. I like the moves personally. I, I don't think there's a bad move there. There could be a small overpay on a couple players, but it's not really an overpay because prospects at the end of the day are just prospects. You don't know what these guys are going to be. You can only take it so far. So let's get into some of these trades, shall we? The Phillies, the first trade the Phillies have uh, acquired was Brandon Marsh from the Los Angeles Angels. And he took Logan O'Hop, who's the Phillies' number three prospect, is a catcher who's getting some hype around him in double A. I mean, the people have been talking a lot about JT Armuto's struggles during the early part of the year pre-All-Star break, how he hasn't really been getting hits to go, hits going, especially for power. Hasn't really had a great average, not getting on base, walk, uh, walking much at all. But I, I don't see it as a, you know, big piece to lose. I mean, Logan O'Hop, he's a good player. He's 21 years old. He's a young kid. JT Armuto now post-All-Star break, and this whole July here has been really good. He's hit above 352 on the, uh, on the in this month. He's had five homers this month. He's hitting for power. He's getting on base. He's been slotted in the four-hole now, dropping Nick Castellanos back in the five-hole. That's a whole other story. But I don't really mind the move if JT's playing well. I mean, they have him under contract for another three years. They have another guy in Garrett Stubbs who they like to just plug and play. And you know what? You never really know with the team. Rafael Marchand is another guy that's been banged up a bit, but he's a young kid. He might get a chance to in the future. But right now, the Phillies are trying to win right now. This is their window. They don't have a big window, but they have a window with the, the fourth highest payroll in the league. They have all the superstars that are supposed to be superstars. Some aren't playing like superstars. Some are hurt. But those guys got to come in and deal. And they will. I think I really think they will. I'll come in and deliver. And I think the Phillies have to go for it. So I don't hate the, I don't hate the trade. Brandon Marsh, though, Brandon Marsh, he uh, hasn't really had much offensively going for him, to be honest with you. In 93 games, Marsh has batted 226 this year, 284 on base, which is extremely low. Extremely low. A slugging of 353 with an OPS of 637. So his numbers, if you just look at his slash line, isn't great. But he's a 24-year-old kid. He's young. He's under contract through 2027. So you got him for another five seasons. This is more of a near-future, long-term plan at center field. Phillies have not had a center fielder at all, really, to just rely on in, in a long time. They've been plugging and play guys. Herrera, who's got DFA'd. You know, Matt Verling, who's been okay for the Phillies. He's been more of the everyday guy lately. Mickey Moniak, who they traded in a future trade uh, on Tuesday to acquire Noah Syndergaard. 
uh, who else is out there? There's not many players out there. Simone Muziati, who's been, you know, a guy up and down really through the system, got a chance and hasn't really shown nothing for for the team. So they needed a solution and a long-term solution, and I think they got one here. Now, they can work on the hitting. It's going to come around. I know he's a better player than this. The, he's a very high-skilled prospect when he was drafted by the Angels in 2016, which is kind of funny. He's drafted a round later than Mickey Moniak, who hasn't done anything for the Phillies since he's been, you know, drafted. But Brandon Marsh is a, is a better player. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's a better player, and he has more upside. And I really think he is a, a, a fantastic, and I mean A-plus, defensive glove out there. His defensive run save, he's got seven run saves this, this year alone which is very good, and you really can't ask for a lot of that. The Phillies have not had, you know, any sort of defensive presence in, in the center field position at all this whole season, or last season, in fact. So he's going to help out in that standards, and that's really that's really exciting for the Phillies. I, I think that's really good for them because they, they need someone like that. They need someone they can put out there and at least rely on defensively to not be a liability, and he's not. He's definitely not. So in my opinion – I like that trade. There was another guy in that trade who's a long, a long shot prospect. The Phillies aren't really interested in keeping, so I don't mind it at all. They're not really hurting themselves taking this trade. They're not putting themselves in a bad position, and anything they can help them, and they can get some really good upside in the near future and in the long run because he's got a bunch of team control, and that's what you're looking for for these guys. So he'll be a pivotal part of the franchise, hopefully, the next five seasons. Again, he's only 24. I like the trade, and I don't. I, I think it's a good start for Nebraska yesterday. A lot of skeptic, uh, skepticism. Skept, wow. Skeptical people, I'm just going to say, because that word is a little bit difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a lot of skeptical people <laughs> out there during this trade because they saw Brandon Marsh. Wait, Brandon Marsh? They looked at his numbers. Oh, my gosh, he's terrible. 224. This guy can't hit for anything. Can't hit at all. And you know you gotta just you gotta dial back and realize sometimes, you know, making small additions can work out, and it's a big addition for the Phils. It can turn into a big addition. It might not seem like much, but they don't have any center fielders. They're getting a young guy with some hype around him, you know, and that's really all you're asking for. So hopefully that can help this team, you know, get in the right direction in center field. I think it will. Um, Dombrowski wasn't done there though. He, he decided to, you know, hype up a little bit. He woke up out of the thing. He cleared the crusties out of his eyeballs. He, you know, decided to act like a general manager, which he, you know, is the president of baseball ops over there in Philadelphia. So he, he, he finally decided to, you know, get something going as he makes a trade for the 37 year old D Rob, David Robertson's back, which is, <laughs> which is funny, but he, at the moment, he was the best reliever available at the time. In my opinion, he was the best reliever available to grab. And the Phillies did get him. Give him a second round here in Philadelphia. The first round here did not go great. Didn't go fantastic. He only played in seven appearances. He Then he got injured. He had this whole Tommy John thing, surgery thing, and he ended up just missing the whole two years in Philadelphia that they signed him for. And he never got to really play. So they gave him a second year round, and he's done a great job. He's done a great job. He's got a 2-2 ERA over there in, in Chicago. He comes over to Philadelphia, you know, and he makes an impression already. He makes an impression on the team. 
trying to help this team win games. You know, pitch strikes. Don't walk people. Be effective with your pitches. You know, have some movement on those pitches. Nothing nothing where you got like Jose Alvarado's of the world or you got Bilotti's and people that just, you know, don't seem like they got the stuff. His stuff looks really good, and I'm excited about D-Rob. All D-Rob took was Ben Brown, which people are up in arms about the Ben Brown trade because he has really good upside to him as a Phillies prospect. But again, the window's now. It's all now. You're not giving up your your top five prospects other than Logan O'Hop, but you're not giving up your Mick Abels of the world. You're not giving up your Andrew Painters of the world or your Griff McCarries of the world. You're not giving those players up. So I don't, I don't mind it. I really don't care. I think it's great that they decided to get somebody like D-Rob who can help right away and can really help this bullpen because this bullpen needed help, bolster the bullpen up a little bit, have someone that you can count on to throw strikes and deliver every game is really good to have. They don't have anyone consistent. That's been the problem with the de- with the not the defense, well, the defense too. Defense has been inconsistent as well. But their bullpen, their bullpen's inconsistent. They don't have a guy you can really count on outside of Sir Anthony Dominguez, who's been really good too for them. But they don't have a consistent player. I mean, Alvarado again, wild, inc- really inconsistently, been up and down. Already dropped down on AAA this year once. Andrew Bellotti, who no one really heard of, but he's came on and he's had he started off pretty good, and ever since he's been kind of up and down. Connor Bryan might seeming to be find some footing. Corey Knebel had a good stretch of starts, but now he's starting to go back to the Corey Knebel that we didn't want to see that we saw early in the year, who wasn't really throwing strikes, hanging a lot of pitches, giving up homers, and it's been up and down since. So David Robertson's a good guy to add to bolster that consistency in that bullpen that they do need desperately. So I'm really, really happy about that. And then, you know, we got Mr. Dombrowski going to find a center, going to find a starting pitcher. You see reports from Heyman and Passin and all these guys and Morosi saying that the Phillies might be in on Carlos Rodon. The Phillies might be in on this guy or that guy. And Thor's name was always around. Syndergaard's name was always around those other leaks for a couple days. And I was never a huge fan of Syndergaard. I'm not a big fan of Syndergaard, so I'm a little bit skeptical of this guy. Nothing, it's not because of him. I mean, it, it, I mean obviously it's because of him. <laughs> but, like, he just, I don't know. I don't really know what it is. He's not the same pitcher. He's transformed as a pitcher, really. He can't do what he could do anymore. He can't pump 97, 98 anymore. He can't hit the 90, you know, he can't hit the upper 90s and get, he's not a big strikeout guy anymore. He still gets strikeouts, but he's not a strikeout guy he was in New York. So, but he he's had some good seasons in the past when he's healthy. This season, he's had a decent season. He dropped an average fastball down to 94 miles per hour. He's 29 years old. He's got a 383 ERA, which, you know, it's it's respectable, and he's been pitching better lately. And I know he can help. And you know, people have to just give the guy a chance. I'm going to give the guy a chance. He's definitely better than what we could have in our five hole, for sure. And no more bullpen games, which I really, really hope. But there is one thing with this guy that I do want to talk about. That is a kind of, it could be a big talking point, or it could really not, depending on how he feels with his arm and his stamina. But in Los Angeles. They had Noah Syndergaard pitching every six days. So they had the six-man rotation out there. So I'm wondering maybe 
you know, he isn't going to be as effective in a five-day role, depending on, you know, how he feels. Is there a reason why he's the sixth guy? Is there a reason why he's not pitching as much? Because maybe they want to work around him because his arm's not great. I mean, he's not his arm, his shoulder, his whatever. is not feeling super, super healthy enough to go deep into ball games and can't throw as many pitchers anymore. We'll have to see. I don't really think that. But, again, the Phils might have to take that into consideration a little bit because that is kind of questioning to me on why there's a six-man rotation in Los Angeles. You don't really see that in baseball anymore. I think they might be the only team to run a six-man rotation. But he, he's been a different pitcher this season. So we'll, we'll see entirely what he can do. The Phillies only traded Mo- Mickey Moniak, which I can't, I can't explain to you. That guy has to get out of Philadelphia. You know, it's just not going to work here. He's a triple-A superstar, unfortunately. He does it all in triple-A. He comes up to the big leagues, looks lost, free swinging. He, sw- he can't read an off-speed pitch. It's bad. It looks really bad. So, Mickey Moniak, he's out of here. He's headed to Los Angeles. Thor's back here in Philadelphia. And, you know, listen, one, state at the, one step at a time here for the Phils. I really think... Syndergaard, if we can get some decency of this of the Syndergaard of old, the New York Mets Syndergaard, then the team will be really good um, in the starting rotation. It'll be really exciting to see him get thrown in there and get to work because he can get strikeouts and stuff. He had it not too long ago, but injuries set people back. But I, I don't think it's a it's not a painful trade, you know. No one really had any Mickey Moniac hope left. I mean, there was just none left. There's no one that can tell me there's any hope left for that guy. And it's nothing against Mickey, but the guy can't do it here in Philly. He just can't do it. So I'm glad he got a new fresh start. Hopefully he tears it up in Los Angeles. I doubt it, to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. I doubt he does anything there in Los Angeles. But <laughs> we'll see. That's just me being a hater for the guy. But he's becoming a hate to face. He's becoming a hate to face. I hate seeing the guy, not going to lie, here and there. And seeing Mickey Moniac either in the lineup or just seeing him, you know, oh, Mickey Moniac having a great triple A. He's batting 540 in the last seven games, 9,000 OPS, 17 homers. It's like, I don't want to hear that shit no more. Don't want to hear it. So we'll see. You know, Mickey Moniac hopefully does well. But Noah Syndergaard's a big story here, and that's really the number one story for the Phillies right now. We're not like they're not looking for a number one guy, but he's the number one piece that could really set this team over the hump if they need a wild card series. They need a, a game three. Would it be Syndergaard? Would it be Ranger Suarez? It all depends how these guys pitch. We have Ranger Suarez pitching a lot better recently, pitching like the twenty twenty one Ranger Suarez, which was fantastic. He's pitching really well, so we got to keep that up. Need Syndergaard to keep up him, and, you know, hopefully day by day, start by start, the guy can turn some heads here, and the Phillies will get a good little trade deadline here. But they, the, the Phillies trade deadline wasn't bad. They didn't really give up anything. To land Thor, Marsh, and Robertson in a trio trade is really not too shabby. You can't say it's not promising. But in all end all, it's the waiting game. It's baseball. You, you, that's all you can do is wait. Wait and see. They have a really easy schedule of August. The Phillies come up. They don't really have anything difficult. 
for them in August. Not going to lie to you guys. Let's uh, we're going to check out their August schedule. Let's let's just pull this up really quickly. Give me two seconds to pull this up for the August schedule. The Phillies August. Let's see. It's not exciting. I'm going to tell you. Well, it's exciting for a Phillies fan, but it's not nothing good. So the Phillies August. Okay. They have a decent amount of home games in August. They're starting tonight, the 4th, with a four-game set in Washington, which I expect them to at least win three of those games. Then they go to – and they're home against Miami for three. They go to New York for three, the Mets. They go to Cincinnati for three, who just traded Brendan Drury, Tyler Naquin, Luis Castillo. They don't got anybody left. Those should be at least two. I'm expecting three wins there. Then they're back home against the Mets for four, which will be a really big series, the Mets for four. So they get seven games against the Mets in a two-week span, which can be exciting, especially if they want to try to get back in this division. If they can take four, maybe five, if they can take five out of seven games from the Mets, they can maybe chip away at the division. But, I mean, at this moment, they're nine and a half out. But anything can happen. It is baseball. Phillies do have a decently easy schedule. Because after those four games against the Mets, there are four games at home against Cincinnati and three games at home against Pittsburgh. Three games home against Pittsburgh, who also have no players on the team. So the Phillies, and then they finish out the month against Arizona in Arizona. But the Phillies really don't have much there to worry about in the schedule aspect of things. Hopefully, you know, they get the job done. They should get the job done. They're a decently good team right now. On paper, they still get Bryce Harper back in two weeks. That's another acquisition. They get Gene Segura back on Thursday the 4th. That's another acquisition. These guys are going to help the middle of the lineup with how Alec Baum is swinging. Nick Castellanos hit a home run in yesterday's ballgame. These guys are starting to heat up a little bit. Gain momentum. Gain traction. They just won a series against the Braves a week and a half ago. They just split with them yesterday, the third. They got some good reps against good baseball teams, and they're making the most of it right now without their superstars, without the Bryce Harper. So we'll see. We'll have to figure it out to see how Bryce, you know, how long it really takes Bryce to get back to full strength. We're not going to really know until I would say late, mid to late August. We'll, we'll see. We will keep updated on that. Gene Segura should be back, though, and hopefully in the starting lineup for the game tonight um, against the Washington Nationals, who, again, don't have really any players on it, except for Michael Franco and Cesar Hernandez, <laughs> you know, the Philly Phenoms. Um, that's really about it, though. I mean, that's it for the trade deadline for these guys. They, I, I would give it, if I had to give it a grade, grades are boring. People want results, so people look for, for grades and look for all these numbers. I would probably give it a B. B plus, I think there's B plus upside, maybe A minus upside for these guys. Dabrowski, he did wake up, he did a decent job, and I'm I'm hoping you know let's go win a let's go win a wild card series now. Let, let's ramp up, let's get some wins under our belt, and really get going here and try to get into the postseason. The Phillies haven't been in the postseason since 2011. Excuse me, <clears throat> and it's sad. It's sad because they've had the hope the last couple of years with their payroll and the Bryce Harper MVP, Zach Wheeler finishing second, Cy Young. So they're right there. They just need a little boost to get over the edge. Just a little boost. 
I think they got it. I think they got the boost. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how everything unravels for the Phillies. And we'll catch back up. We'll catch back up. My schedule here. We're going to talk about a little bit about my schedule and what we're going to what we're going to do here now from now on for the rest of the baseball season leading up into Eagles spring. Tra- I'm sorry, spring training. Oh my goodness, Eagles preseason and the upcoming Eagles season. So, my next couple weeks, two months for Phillies baseball, we're going to be recapping series, every three game series or four game series, whatever the series may hold. We're going to be recapping those series at the end of those series and putting a podcast up either that night and scheduling it for the morning or putting it up that morning and scheduling it for that same day. So expect those podcasts coming up soon about the Phillies and those series. But until next time, it's been a pleasure talking some Phil's baseball and back at it again. Appreciate everybody. Peace out. Go Phil's. Let's win a ball game tonight, shall we?